So I'm going from page 54 of uh, the big book, also known as Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it's from the uh, penultimate paragraph. And it goes like this. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line as the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seem more intelligent than that, at least so the chemist said. Hence we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable. Though it emanate from our best minds, what about people who prove that man could never fly? Yet we've been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world. People who rose above their problems. They said God made these things possible and we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. And there you go. Start of a 10 there, Paul. Over to you. Well, thanks, Dave. It took me a while to remember who you were, but now I do. <laughs> oh. Paul Alcoholic. Hey, Paul. Everybody. Uh, yeah, of course. It's a beautiful reading. Talking, it basically implies to me that uh, trusting something finite, the finite self, is having absolute faith in the reason of the brain and body. So not the body, but the brain. And that ultimately fails us in basically the most important uh, condition, which is to sense life from the living of it, not from an interpretation of it. Though maybe the interpretation brings a rightness or a solace or a weird sense of security, a lot of life gets deadened and then there's a drive based on that irritability, restlessness, and discontent to seek relief. And that relief is misguided usually because where we're starting from is the problem, not what's happening to where we're starting from. So, uh, again, I always go back to what we're, we're sharing, which is this idea of a foreign agent or a pathogen or an activity that's really not of us but presents itself as us, yeah, is what's going on. So, in other words, uh, this idea of uh, depending, though it, uh, we saw that reason is in everything, neither is uh, reason, uh, as most of us use it, entirely dependable. All this stuff he's saying, I like to put the idea that keeps telling us a lot of stuff isn't us. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that which is telling us a lot about the solution is coming from the problem in most cases. So the, the relying on reason in a way is believing uh, the narration that's going on, which is a, usually a lot of false evidence or at least skewered evidence to a certain agenda and we are giving it the appearance of being real based on our faith in it yeah so the whole program is captured by perhaps there's a better way trusting something infinite rather than finite self so we need to tell the truth about what it looks like to trust finite self if because if we don't we're going to try to trust the infinite as finite self 
which is trusting finite self. <laughs> so it goes exactly against the suggestion <laughs> by being identified as finite self. Yeah? So by being identified as, as finite self, we're on a huge level of faith and trust in this false assumption. And therefore, when we try to have faith in God, in a weird way, it's having faith in the finite self. Yeah, so it gets reinforced by our wanting to reinforce faith in God, we're reinforcing faith in self. How do you get out of that? Yeah, we, they talk to us in the community that self can't get out of self. So it's like the conundrum presented, uh, if you believe the problem resides in the mind, and the problem is really playing God in a way, so if you believe that, or you have a strong suspicion that could be true, and then you go to one of the most important statements in the book, you have to quit playing God, it doesn't work. Well, maybe that which is playing God is going to set out on a course to quit playing God. What is that but playing God? You can't get out of it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get out of it. Tell me when you get out of it. If that which is playing God tries to quit playing God, that's playing God. This is the conundrum, the deep one, yeah? Now we can get a lot of, lot of relief on a lot of surfaces, on a lot of levels, but on the basic level of causes and conditions, the same format stays in place, yeah? Life is seen from the point of view of self. Yeah, it's called self-centeredness. <laughs> that's, that's the dilemma. Now, how is self going to become another center? It will still just be self-centeredness, yeah? <laughs> because whatever centeredness that's claimed by self is self-centeredness, yeah? You can call it spiritual centeredness, but claimed by self, it's overridden by self-centeredness, yeah? Because the self is that which is playing God. <laughs> so... I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of relief from realizing I'm not that, you know, <laughs> I swear. And, uh, and it's not about shirking a responsibility. We do the steps because I've explained it in my own experience. And I don't think mine's much different than anyone else because we all have the stock version of alcoholism, right? Living off of the addiction to self. Yeah. So basically the notes, an excessively obsession of self produces, we've all played, yeah? So I felt when I was younger, being so self-centered that I was responsible for everything, yeah? Like if, you know, I walked into a classroom and one kid yawned, I took it personally. It must be because I'm boring. You know, I can't believe he found out, yeah? So this over sense of responsibility was quite unbearable. So basically, when I could find a way, which was drinking and using, to become irresponsible, I did. Yeah, because so, I had to get off of that heavy weight of being responsible for everything. And so I try to become as responsible for nothing. Yeah, that, so this extreme shift. And then I came into AA at, at the effect of a lot of that, trying to make, you know, become totally irresponsible. And uh, I was malleable to suggestions, and so I, I did the inventory where it says, all right, we're going to look at our role in things, which is being responsible, yeah? So I did, to the best of my ability, and there was a huge amount of growth there. But 
when I did the inventory and I shared it with people and going over uh, all the stuff that I did, I found that there was something else that was doing a lot of the stuff that was being put under the category that I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and that I was driven to a lot of behavior. I didn't choose that behavior. I was driven to that behavior. And it just became as clear as day that something had gotten uh, gotten its hands on the control and was basically using me for transportation, really. <laughs> With a perfect disguise by the self-centeredness because I'll keep claiming whatever's coming through me as me doing it, yeah? <laughs> it's just that's the programming. So then when I looked at my role in things, I saw self's role in things, yeah? which I believe the act of being identified as self is the, is the exact nature of the role. <laughs> that's, what, that's how I see it, yeah? So <laughs> what led to alcoholism with all the excessive and drinking and using was really a misguided wanting to get out of self, yeah? Because self really is what we're looking for. We were looking for relief from the bondage of self. I tried it with alcohol and drugs. It didn't work. It caused uh, a much more profound being defeated by self, by its manifestations. And, you know, who wants to admit complete defeat? I did when I came in. I was a broken soul, so to speak. So I admitted complete defeat. I do the inventory. I share it with somebody in the fifth step. And then from that point on, I start seeing a lot of shit that's not of me coming up. And I brought that, I learned to bring that to step six and seven to have it reconfigured. And you know what? It's worked. Yeah. I have a new attitude and a new outlook upon life. Yeah. I have a freedom and a happiness that had nothing to do with what I thought was freedom and happiness. Yeah. All of those effects that they talk about if we follow these simple suggestions and live, live this way of life and do these steps and everything else that's suggested, I have experienced every one of them intimately. Yeah? I have experienced a problem not existing for me. I have been experienced being placed in a position of neutrality concerning drinking and using. I have experienced uh, the feeling of having a new employer being all powerful. It takes care of me. I have experienced the conscious presence of this energy. I have experienced I can face life successfully. I've experienced all this stuff. I've had a large taste. So uh, I believe, I, so this is really never a talk about the steps because the steps are completely sound. It's a talk about maybe a, a clearer diagnosis about the root of the problem because I feel uh, you know, you can have the greatest ointment for psoriasis, but if you have eczema, it's not going to work, yeah? It's because you don't have psoriasis, yeah? So I think there's something going on that uh, migrates from what we call the problem to the solution, yeah? That voice that was talking to me before I got sober is still talking to me after I get sober. It doesn't seem to have had a coming to Jesus moment. Yeah, it's just just adapted to the new situ situation, and yet works its same little magic. Yeah. So, and basically, what it may not be able to erase the solution, but it can limit its effects greatly. 
yeah, to the point where someone is still completely strangled by anxiety 30 years into sobriety, you know, that to me is insane, so, and I feel most of it isn't produced or by not doing enough of the steps, it's a misdiagnosis of the problem, the problem is actually thriving unbeknownst to us still, yeah, it, and it can, it can really adapt to different situations, it can move from a, a crack house to a fucking temple and adapt and continue to uh, exert this bondage of self, yeah? So, um, for me, that's the most important point. That's why we stay on it all the time. Yeah? There's masters of people that can talk about the steps and how to do it and doing and breaking down every word and every letter and what it means and all that's fantastic. But without the right diagnosis, it's gonna your the possibilities of what the what the solution can do is going to be severely limited. Yeah, because you're the carrier of the disease you want freedom from. Yeah. So, yeah, this was just one member's. Uh, this is where I was brought to, and I've never really moved from there because I don't see. If it's an act of being identified, if you don't see it, you're looking from it. Yeah, you're looking from the effect. And then, and then what happens is, I think what happens when we're looking from the effect and we respond to the problems, we get caught in that net of self can't get out of self. Yeah, because we're looking from the identification. We're not seeing the identification. We're looking from its effects, and we get caught in that that uh, conundrum of wanting to get out of something as the something I want to get out of, yeah? And that's why nothing really succeeds for long, yeah? It just doesn't, does it? I haven't seen it much. So <clears throat> I don't think it's about getting out of what you're in. I, I, I really believe it's seeing you're not in, yeah? <laughs> really. And if you're not that which has to get out, then you may question the inness of where you where you think you are, and you may find it's not true. Yeah. Ultimately, really, if you took all the all the different appearances and lengths and everything, there's really a, a constant state called here and now. Yeah, that really never gets overridden by what's ever appearing here and now. Yeah, does it? I mean. The future can only be entertained here and now. The past can only be ruminated over here and now. Yeah? <laughs> when you're feeling next week, it's now. You're not feeling it next at next week. It's, you're not there. You're here and now. Yeah? I don't understand why we miss it. The, uh... <laughs> I do understand, but I think it's so easy to get grounded in what you where you are than in where you're not it's just that it's a huge habit of being grounded in where i'm not but i th i believe if you can break that first inertia it gets easier and easier yeah as you move into the gravitational field of the spirit yeah and then it's so much easier it doesn't take a lot of reinforcement to be here now because that's the fact <laughs> that's the fact of living 
So, I mean, what isn't so has to be reinforced constantly to appear to be so. But what is so doesn't need that much uh, work, yeah? It just becomes a, a sound basis. You land there, you, you feel your feet, you experience its reliability, and then there's a rest, yeah? A certain rest that comes. Only when your need for rest is matched with a reliable point, yeah? And that's not going to happen in the head, does it? There's a great statement in the Bible that says the, the head of man can never find rest or something. Yes, well, it's true. The head is agitated. It can't... What happens when the head, our head, runs into peace? It gets worried that the, it won't be there in an hour. That's not peace, yeah? We don't have the ability to enjoy peace of mind, most of us. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we have the ability, but it's not accessing. So, we have the ability to run after peace of mind, but usually when we get there, we think, oh, I forgot the, you know, the, the stove is on, or something like that. I've watched people meditate for four hours. I meditate for four hours straight, and as soon as I hit the peace zone, I, I got up. <laughs> as long as the head was going, I sat there. <laughs> so, I don't know. I always say I don't know, but I do know. I just want to keep it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an invitation. I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. What truly feels unreliable in my experience. Yeah. And I've been at it for a while. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. I've had a lot of tests and trials and tribulations, and it seems to have traveled lighter through all of them, so I feel it's pretty damn reliable. I just believe we need to know the exact nature or the exact activity of the wrong, which is the act of being identified as something that you're not, and then listening to that talk to you and, f and hold it as you talking. Yeah. I mean, you would not take a lot of orders from Stanley, but you've been directed for 50 years by the head. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Paul. Um, and it's great. And it's great to be back. And just to say now it's time for you to uh, raise your hands if you've got a question about um, what Paul's just been riffing out on or anything that you want to ask with regards to uh, AA or the the steps um so there's no hands coming up so i guess um it'll be up to me to ask a question and um just on something that i guess so oh no gabe gabe to the rescue gabe go for always, it mate you always get you always get uh, thwarted there david nothing is that well, I, have got a, I have got a question to riff out that i wanted to talk about we, we sort of started it the other day when we were doing our other thing and i wanted to ask you about the difference between convinced you know the, i love the way you talk about that you know being convinced um and believe and you know came to believe and being convinced and what the difference is and i always find that that's um i think convinced me is, it sort of seems to be more permanent and i'm just wondering yeah. what your take on that is well, we went, oh, sorry I, Gabe. We went over that it's sort of belief tends to be uh uh see in the world of reason yeah 
Mm -hmm. And also, it's defined by the basis of reason, which is, it goes from one point to another. Yeah? Yes? When it has one thing, it has an opposite belief seemingly at the same time. Convincing doesn't come from the head. Yeah? When you're convinced, it's sort of like what's implied by the innermost in the big book. Yeah? Something other than where the problem resides hits a point of critical mass or maybe all of a sudden and all these things that were always agitated, I don't know, and confused, there's a convincing, yeah? Yeah? Like, okay. the first step for many of us has been something that we are completely convinced of, yeah? That we were powerless over, we are powerless over alcohol and drugs, and that really our managing is what caused the unmanageability, yeah? So... And then being convinced, when it's not up in the world of reason, it's not followed by, I'm unconvinced, by one little thing. It sort of becomes a new basis, yeah? And usually, being convinced leads to a lot more being convinced, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> I'm convinced that I was not the doer of a lot of behaviors that were exhibited when I was under the influence. I am convinced of that. Yeah, completely. Mm. Yeah. I don't care if you know the, it to be true. I don't care if the archangels of AA came down and talked to me incessantly for 38 hours, I'd still be convinced that you know, I'm not my, I did not, did not manufacture my own misery. I'm completely convinced of that. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. I just don't see it. If you put alcohol and drugs in me, I was apt to do almost anything. Yeah. That's just how it went. Yeah. Something that wanted to control me really had the great opportunity to control me when I drank and used. I don't know how that connection occurs, but I, when I drank and used, the genie was out of the bottle, and then I lived its wishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. I'm convinced mm -hmm. that the mental states is a failed system. I'm convinced of it charading around as a like a gps it's bogus completely bogus it hasn't re-upped its maps in 30 or 40 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> its directions suck <laughs> and it never gets to me to brings me to the destination i wanted to arrive at yeah mm -hmm. i'm convinced of that convinced yeah i'm convinced <laughs> that there's a higher power, you may, it may be us, who cares, but this higher power, in the expression of, of AA, I've never seen it demonstrate such beneficence and such uh, good news and good tidings and good demonstra demonstrations of changing the nuts and bolts of our lives. P 
People, some people, their whole life is based on recovery. They've been in AA, they met their wife, they got a job, they bought a house from an AA realtor, da-da-da-da, their whole life that they're now entertaining and, and in was basically brought about by recovery. Yeah, that's mind-boggling to me. It's incredible. Yeah? Mm. And then it's not like, the, oh, that's one in a thousand. No, that's actually the norm in most cases. Yeah, I, that which I've witnessed over years. So, yeah, the higher power can be many things, but I see in its expression through the AA program, it benefits people on the basics, yeah? People get a place to stay. People get jobs. People get food. People get companionship. They get a sense of belonging. They get a purpose, yeah? All these things that are really essential qualities to be a well-balanced, happy little action figure, AA provides, yeah? Can you imagine if everyone had the possibility where they seemed that their day was going in a certain way and they could just go to a meeting and have that whole story derailed and a new day start from there? Yeah, that's what AA's community provides us. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we need to be of help. And AA provides that. We, it's not like a choice. We need it because of the extreme self-centeredness it, the habit of the orbit is to suck back in, suck back in. It needs to find a new, like, uh, a new path. So we have to have the experience of service to feel when our interest and attention is pulled out of the S of self, to feel what life is like. Yeah, that's essential for us. It isn't like, oh, I can choose it. It's, in, it's a, an essential need, yeah, and the AA, and the higher power that's infused AA has, brought, has produced it. And I always talk to people, you know, the city you live in should send a huge fucking thank you to AA because we broken, we brought down crime, we brought down a lot of domestic violence, all this shit yeah, that AA mm. has provided on this dog shit level. Mm. Is my, yeah? Mm. It is. So to me... The higher power appearing in AA is like a working man's higher power, yeah? It does facilitate jobs happening and fucking meeting someone that you can have a family with and shit like that. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, the idea of being convinced, the head is binary. It's based on convinced, unconvinced, convinced, unconvinced. There's no convincing there. That's what you realize. Something in your gut or somewhere, it's an aspect of you, but let's not call it from the brain. That's where the convincing lands. And that's where it gets stabilized, yeah? Just like he was trying to say this about spirit in this reading. He's talking exactly about that. We can't account for it. We don't have a book with a ledger of addition subtractions, but we sure feel something has done for us what we can't do for ourselves. Yeah. Hmm. Which one do you want to go by? You know, the numbers or the sense? Do you have a sense that something is working, maybe not in your life, but in other people's lives? Do you have that sense? Yes. Yeah.
I'm convinced that there's something that can do for us and does do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I'm completely convinced of that. I've seen, and I was a hopeless case, and I've seen that hopelessness turn into a seemingly hopeless case. It only appeared to be so, and things have changed. Yeah, over thousands of us. It's not like a, a, it's not an exotic phenomenon. It's really the norm in recovery. If you follow this way of life and this design for living. And you know, hey, being convinced isn't, you know, it's sort of the same thing like the third step. Uh, how do I know I made that decision to turn my will and life over to the care of a higher power? You started the fourth step. Yeah, that's how you know. <laughs> that's the basic, that's the basic indication. You don't have to sit there wondering, do you put pen to paper? Yeah, yes, you made the decision. Let's go. <laughs> The head always wants to stop and drag. It's like my dog. It wants to stop at every bush to get a smell of another dog's John Hancock, you know. <laughs> but, but, wait, well, what? fucking <laughs> proverbial feet. Yeah. Remember, it's not, yeah, it's been put in the back seat in this situation. It's not the fucking, you know, driver it's not the passenger it's in i would say it's in the trunk really and now we're on this perhaps there's a better way stop listening to your freaking head about the solution because it's of the problem yeah and if you can't stop stop it well do some service or do something else and then something will stop it yeah or ask that power to do it and it will eventually Yeah, so being convinced, I hope every one of us have been convinced of something, I would say. Yeah. Mm. And this convincing is for 33 years. That's probably a pretty, uh, <laughs> most, mm. most things in the mental state don't have that life, that lifespan. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> being convinced. Uh, <laughs> The mental state variety has a very short ex life expectancy. In in the innermost, it's like the uh, sea tortoise. You know, it can live for thousands of years. <laughs> the sea turtle. See, you can be convinced, and if you don't see, for me, I got struck sober. For a moment there, I was convinced. If that wasn't coupled with the AA way of life, it probably would have become unconvinced by the reason in a few days. But because life compelled that, that situation and then led me to an AA meeting the same night, then I, and I've never left AA since then, that convincing got stabilized by the way of life. Yeah. If, it, if that way of life wasn't introduced, the convincing and the unconvincing of the reason probably would have overwhelmed it. It would have forgot the miracle. It would have, probably in a day or two. Yes? Mm -hmm. But because it had enough momentum, it whacked me, 
and then life conspired to lead me to my first meeting that night. Yeah, there you go. So. You've convinced me, that's for sure. That's great. Shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry about it. Gabe, I stole your thunder there, mate. So straight over to you. You've got a question for Paul? Yeah, hi, my name is Gabe. Oh, I guess I'm going to do the whole Gabe alcoholic thing. No, you don't have to. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, the convincing part on the AA. Yeah, you know, I get that. Um, I've been, I've had enough of what you call those free samples to believe in that. Um, I guess for me, you know, I'm, I'm really good at horrible analogies. And when I think of like, you know, the identification uh, being identified, it kind of sounds to me almost like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon where, you know, Wile E. Coyote gets exploded and the eyes are still there. You know, all this stuff that's been like associated with, with, with the Wile E. the Coyote, the things he's done, you know, all the stuff that gets pinned on him and all that. And, um, or him looking for himself, you know, with, with those same eyes. It's just kind of like, it's, that's where it was the whole time. And it was really hard for me to, to reconcile that with, and you said a while ago on one of your things, you know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, you know, it might not be Wiley Coyote's fault, but he's still accountable. Like the, the eyes are still accountable for the stuff that happened. But anyway, it might be a really bad analogy, but it, it's, yeah, it sometimes just feels like trying to bite my ear, you know, trying to, you know, to understand some of this stuff. But anyway, if that's horribly wrong, um, I guess so, but that's kind of how I'm, where I'm at right now trying to understand it. So thanks, Paul. Cheers, Gabe. Well, you know, more is more will be revealed all the time anyway. So every understanding has a value in a way when you're having it. And then there'll be more and more gets revealed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, literally, if you read a vision for us or vision for you, this power is going to constantly reveal to us. Constantly means constantly. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's why I feel the most active steps after you do your uh, do the first round of the working steps are six and seven. Yeah, because a lot of stuff is going to be revealed about what you're not. <laughs> Tell you the truth, and so because you can't. Uh, like it says, we abandon ourselves to this power. I like to read it as we abandon this that we're not self to the power, right? Because I, the word, you can't abandon you, you'd still be there. So there has to be something that you're not that you abandon. Just like when we used to always use the example of we used to have beaters and driving around San Francisco, getting loaded and trying to stay away from the cops and shit. And then we'd run into a tree up and up a market or something. And we would just abandon it. Yeah. Because back then they would, they didn't have the great com computer systems anymore. I, we just walk away from the car <laughs> and, uh, and get loaded and forget all about it. Leave it for the city to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> so I could abandon that car because I'm not the car. Yeah, I can abandon old ideas because I'm not the old ideas. Unfortunately, we're identified as the oldest idea, <laughs> self, but we can abandon that also. Now we can't do that as an action, but we can express, we can observe it happening by this way of life of the program. Yeah, really.
when you're in the, it's sort of like, perhaps there's a better way of trusting something infinite rather than finite. When you're in that migration, a lot of shit that, that seemed to be essential in your little like balloon trip gets thrown out. Yeah, something comes and throws the shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I like the idea of just staying on the operating table. Don't play doctor and don't get up and things go really quite well. Yeah, that to me is a, what allows you to stay on the operating table is a level of being convinced of certain things. Yeah, my one level of being convinced when it comes to life, you know, the horse I was riding, I wanted to get off and I jumped off that horse. And after years and years of getting loaded and shit like that, when I was dragged back to the the barn, I was put on the same fucking horse. Yeah? So I don't care what happens, I'm not getting jumping off the horse again. Because I know inevitably I'm gonna get dragged back to it. So I'm just gonna stay on it. <laughs> I see people leave and say they hate AA and inevitably the only place they can go after they get loaded is back to AA. <laughs> <laughs> just stay in AA. <laughs> I mean, there are certain points, nothing else is going to work. You're not going to get any camaraderie at a 12 o'clock meeting. Yeah. At a rehab that you have to pay $2,000 to go to. Yeah. AA does that. AA. Yeah. I don't want to get into opinions, but yeah. AA is the backbone of most of the rehabs that are in it as a business. They depend on AA completely for the meetings and for the sponsors, for their clients and shit like that. Yeah. This has a... You know, I've been around, so I've witnessed a lot of people with time go out, yeah. And there is a pattern of what happens. First of all, they're incredibly surprised when it goes back to how bad it was. They couldn't do it justice with a sober mind. Yeah? It's nothing like being in the trenches. You can't fucking do it justice. And then they thought they, had, they hadn't had that craving for so long or that obsession. They thought it was pretty much gone. And then they drink and they're surprised about that. Yeah. And some of us, some of them, they drink for a few times and they're thinking they're doing it successfully because the craving hasn't kicked in or the obsession hasn't ramped up. But inevitably it will. <laughs> and when they do, when it does, they find they have no mental defense against it. Yeah. I had one of the first woman I fell in, you know, into lust with really in AA was this lady Wendy she had about I had about six months she had about three months it was a marriage made in in AA so we were both incapable about how viable relationships but I've always really cared for her she became a very powerful person in, in women AA she wrote some books on codependency she had a lot of sponsors she was really bright she was very, she was carrying the message through attraction, yes? 
uh, promotion. And after about 20 years, she uh, decided as a secretary that she was going to start drinking again, have some wine at night, and continue to keep her commitments and everything. And then it got out of hand, unruly. Yeah. Then she went in and out for eight years, eight years. Yeah. Had a lot of money from success, probably brought about by recovery. Paid for the highest, most expensive places like the Meadow in Arizona or something. Thousands of dollars of rehabs. Getting sober roommates, paying them, sober friends, sober accompaniment, whatever. You know, every trick in a book. You know, come in for a month, go back out. Eight freaking years. Eight, eight years. Unbelievable. And then she died. She killed herself in a way. She drank and took an overdose of pills, right? I went back, I went to the memorial, and I knew her parents vaguely. I knew her sisters more. And I saw them, and they were all happy it was over. That's how extreme it was. The mother was happy that her daughter had finally passed away. That's an extreme condition to produce that effect on a mother. Yeah? Yeah, this is what can happen. And just, you know, knowing that that's a possibility and it's not a possibility now is just an awesome freaking thing. Yeah. What makes it me any different than Wendy? Nothing other than abstinence, really. Yeah. And what and I and I was given abstinence. I don't have any interest in drinking or using. It's like it never even fucking existed. I don't believe there's a Peru or a Bolivia. I don't believe there's cocaine. Yeah, it just seems not nothing there. So, I mean, uh, you know, they talk about resting on your laurels. I think one of the greatest ways not for that to settle in is gratitude, you know, just gratitude at least for what's absent in your life. Even though you may not want, have what you want, at least you don't have a lot of shit you don't want. <laughs> I think that's a big win. And, uh, yeah. I'm convinced of that, yeah. I'm convinced of... I'm convinced there is a solution. And all we're hope, attempting to do here is clarify the exact nature of the wrong. I just don't believe AA had grown enough yet to get clear on it. Yeah. And how I see that is because the statements, some of the statements in the book about we're the manufacturer of our own misery. I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I believe we can manufacture a lot of stuff. It's going to be based on what's directing the factory, yeah? Is it self or is it the infinite? The product line of what this factory is going to be produced is who's running it, really. Yeah, it can produce tons of shit, yeah? Now it produces an ease and comfort, contentment, satisfaction, a desire to be of service, gratitude. Before, it was vindictiveness, revenge, uh, 
wanting to be right at all costs, fuck everyone else, couldn't care a shit for anything. Yeah, all of that. It's the same factory. It's just who runs it, yeah? And you hopefully you're convinced of the old employer, yeah? And not wanting to work for that anymore. And then and you come to witness the new employer exactly how they described it is true. It's all powerful and it will take care of us if we stay close to it, which you can't be far from it if it's everywhere, and performance works well. And who's to say what works aren't its, yeah? So just performance works well. Yeah, you're assured of being taken care of fucking far out. What insurance company sells you that policy? Yeah, yeah. And after years of having that be so, you're going to, you know, your faith is going to be galvanized in that instead of the finite self, feeling anxious constantly. Yeah, you'll now feel at ease constantly. <laughs> and then every once in a while feel anxious instead of the opposite. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a, this transformation isn't based on the uniqueness of the person. The transformation is based on the way of life being applied to this problem called obsession with self, alcoholism, addiction. That's where it does. We all have similar results in a way. Yeah. Because what's happening is this isn't like a regenerating cream for your skin. It's taking something off the skin like eczema, psoriasis. We've all had this rash. And then when our skin can breathe without that psoriasis mask, our life is fucking cool sometimes. We feel generosity and gratitude and, you know, connectiveness, which just it's just the natural, the natural reaction to that is to be of service somehow. Yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah, so. Try it. If you, if you look at the inventory from the point of view of what says in page 64, if you haven't done an inventory uh, based on looking at self's manifestations, try a little snippet of it, yeah? Just see, and then see how does it feel doing an inventory of resentment than doing an inventory of my resentments. It's hugely different. It's a hugely different uh, feeling. Yeah? I, I don't know what it is for me. Resentment and my resentment are completely different. Yeah? Even though the one word resentment is in it. It's totally changed when it's mine. Yeah, it is. And anxiety, when it's my anxiety, it's called fear. When it's someone else's anxiety, I call it their anxiety. But if it's my anxiety, I call it fear. <laughs> I can recognize anxiety in them, yeah, but not in here. Why? Because I'm identified. Yes, that's why. Why can I? Why can I do a perfect inventory on someone else? Yet I can't pick up a pen for months about me, because the disease is protecting itself. It doesn't want to be reviewed. 
It doesn't want to be looked at. It does not want you to, to look at your role in things because its role in things will be revealed. That's why most people have trouble with fourth step. They don't have trouble doing inventories on other people at the meeting. They have trouble because the parasite is running the show and doesn't want to be looked at. Yeah? Because what will happen if you see it? You'll see it as other. Yeah? And if you see it as other, a possibility it never wants you to be able to entertain, which is, I can be free from it. Yeah? As long as you're calling it you, it knows it has you saddled with this conceptual idea of freedom. It's always a two-seater. It's always included. I'm going to be free as self when the freedom is from self. You have to see its stubbornness. People with great sincerity go into an inventory process and the fifth step process, bringing their resentments, their fears, and their acting out to get reviewed, and they leave with their fears, their resentments, and their acting out. The exact nature of the wrong has not been noticed, yes? My resentment uninventoried and my resentment inventoried is still my resentment. Yeah? You're going to have to pull it like a baby out of my hands because the head is having a field day with that resentment. Remember the story of the freedom from bondage by that lady who got into AA and she had a story her whole life about resenting her mother. Yeah? And she had a counter story that she would do anything not to have this resentment towards her mother. So she enters AA and stuff starts getting revealed. And she realizes her resentment towards her mother is like the golden cow. It's given her excuse for her failed marriages, not finishing school. She's blamed fucking, her head has blamed everything on the mother. Yeah? She has no intention of letting go of that resentment called my resentment. Yeah? And she realizes, if I don't, I'm going to drink again. So she fell upon a, a magazine article of talking about praying for that person who you hold this great resentment against to have everything you want and more. Even if you don't mean it, try it for a few weeks and see what happens. Yeah? And then what happened? She saw it. <laughs> and she got relief. Yeah? Because the my was what was the glue. Yeah? The... The resentment has no bonding surface. The my is the bonding surface. Yeah? We can at least see that not to be so. And maybe the resentment will land like a bug, but it won't be there for 40 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most bugs that land on me don't move in. <laughs> I don't start feeding them, calling them my bug, usually. They land, oh, and then they go. <laughs> and is, is there like, a, all right, the uh, population of live cheetahs is 8,500. The population of resentments is 1 million. No, there aren't any resentments. They're perceptual reactions, yeah? 
So the way we look at things, we see resentments in them. So we what would be best? Do you want to just try to deal with every resentment or cha change the way you're looking at things? Obviously, the more efficient would be allow how I'm looking at things to be changed by this influence of the higher power through the program of AA. Yeah, that's the whole point. We can't set out on a course of losing resentments as the manufacturer of resentments. It's sort of pointless. Yeah, it's, yeah. you're going to have a resentment that's not working fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, if you could just take the the feeling of my out of your life, yeah, or if if you could have a a week of that temporary operation, yeah, where the my was extracted, you would see how heavy the my is by its absence. One one day without my uh, is a, becomes a, a comparative ruler and shows you the extent of the influence of my in this life. Yeah. Let's say we use the thing, money, my money. Yeah. I wish everyone here to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. Now, have that feeling expressed in that little example happening all day, every day. Every day, whatever comes after the my has a lot of chock fullness from the my. <laughs> There's been a lot of injection of meaning from the my into what comes after. Yeah? Like a girlfriend, very cool. My girlfriend, I think I can break into her email account. Yeah? I should be able to follow my girlfriend 24 hours. <laughs> you know, who's going to see my girlfriend? You know what I mean? It's insane. I don't see, uh, whatever. All you can do is point it out. Hopefully you'll see it. Yeah. You just point it out. I see the, the difference between an inventory seen as my shit and the inventory looking at the manifestations of self are completely different and they produce different views and results they do and it's said it's suggested right in this book on page 64 yeah we are now going to look at its common manifestations we're going to look at self's manifestations what's that but a fourth step yeah all right let's keep the, the eye on the prize these are manifestations of self why we write down our resentments and our fears keep applying their manifestations of self not us self all right do the inventory and see what happens see what clarity arises yeah and see what kind of relationship do i have with something through the my and without the my how is it to have my relate my resentment wow that could be a long-term affair yeah well how is it to have a resentment well if i don't act out in the first minute or two and give the guy the finger and pull over and shit i'll probably dis it'll dissipate by the time i get to my turn off yeah yeah my resentment i follow the fucking guy home or whatever we both go to jail and oh you know i was right but so what 
I have all these consequences. Yes? A resentment doesn't usually trigger that so much. When it's owned immediately, it can trigger a huge reaction. Yeah, that may jackpot you and put you in jail. I gave these talks uh, in San Quentin, a prison in America. I mean, San Francisco area. And they had three inmates talk to me, talk to the group before me. It was like a yearly thing. And each one of them were in prison from about 12 to 18 years for vehicular manslaughter. You know, they were drinking while driving. Yeah. They were probably ruminating over one of their resentments, fucking loaded, and they kill somebody. Yeah. And now they're in a prison for 15 years. That's a pretty, pretty powerful ink tattoo. Yeah. That's going to fucking affect you as an action figure. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. You don't really ruminate over a resentment for too long. You ruminate over my resentment for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's an pretty incredible difference, don't you feel? And what, where is our role in that? We represent the my before the resentment, yeah? Hmm. Let the higher power intervene before the my, not after the my, but before it. Let's look at self's manifestations and tell the truth about them. They're not ours. <laughs> yeah. They're happening through us, so we're accountable. Yeah. We're in Rome and we gotta follow the laws of Rome, and everyone is looked at as the doer, even when they're extremely insane on drugs they're usually going to get convicted of being the doer of that behavior. Yeah? The group, the society as a whole is not enlightened on this point. They don't see the idea of a parasite taking people over much. Yeah? Every once in a while, someone's case will be won, but they'll end up in an insane asylum for a while. Yeah? But many of us could actually probably end up in an insane asylum. Because we did a lot of shit, not, not under our own direction. We haven't, yeah? But pr probably, hopefully, things will change. But as of right now, we've got to be responsible for these behaviors that come through us, yeah? And then you'll realize that you're really accountable only. Because let's say my dog shit on the neighbor's yard, but I didn't take the shit, yeah? <laughs> yeah if I, I took a shit, I may think about it for 30 years, but I'm only going to clean up the shit and make a decision not to walk the dog near my neighbor's yard anymore, and I'll fucking forget, you know, the shit being taken, because it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm accountable for it, but you're not going to, you took the shit! I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to uh, take that rap, so to speak. I didn't, no, you took the shit! You're responsible, <laughs> My dog took the shit, yeah? Yeah. You know, it's not, it may look small, but it's huge, yeah? Day in, day out, the weakening of my is really the traveling lighter. Truly, it's the basis of the traveling lighter. All right, Dave, I just... Uh, 
That was so amazing. Wow. That was amazing. So thank you very much. So Tim's been waiting patiently. Tim, do you want to come in with a question, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, hi, Paul. Nice to see you again, buddy. Um, just wanted uh, one of the first things you mentioned today, actually, um, just a couple of queries about when you talked about um, looking at things sort of with a sense of neutrality, right? Like, so you, I mean, we all, we all I'm, I'm guessing most of us here are aware of the idea of awareness and then looking upon a thought or a feeling and then coming, seeing it with equanimity and then it not being so effective. A bit like what you're saying about removal of the my, yeah? So it's not mine, it's just these things are happening, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that concept, but it doesn't seem to stabilize very easily. You know, as a, as a general idea, it's like I'll have fleeting moments of observation and trying to be neutral, but it's still an effort required, right? So I'm still in the zone of being aware that I'm making an effort to be aware of what I'm thinking and feeling. And then sometimes I'm going to end up acting upon that stuff. And then I'm like, well, why am I doing that when I'm, I think I'm aware. So it's a bit of a, a tautology mess in my head a bit, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff. That's kind of what I was thinking about, Paul. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Well, remember we're on a journey in this place with the time and stuff. Mm. So uh, when you're breaking out of one gravitational field into another, it's not usually day and night. It's there's, yeah, there's a pullback here and there, but basically uh, the preponderance of direction is going one way. In other words, I believe recovery progresses just like the disease progresses. Yeah. Recovery progresses. So there'll be more and more of those free samples and those fleeting glimpses and those fleeting glimpses will leave something behind and understanding after a while. Yeah. And things are going to get lighter. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sometimes uh, because we've, we've been going against the current so long, <laughs> we keep on thrashing around. Yeah. Until there's a faith in this, in the process. And then you just start getting carried and taken. Yeah. And that's like the convincing that was spoken about earlier, right? The convincing. Yes. Yeah. And convincing may not be a day or night thing too. It may be a building up of critical mass and something snaps. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you see something you've seen hundreds of times, but this time a pause really gets established. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, re it's reached a certain mass that it changes the, uh, the percentage of things. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's just stay, you know, that thing that's actually a, a, a disadvantage, you know, an excessive intelligence will be put to good use later. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But it, the head always wants to figure shit out. And uh, with this, with this, a firm belief that everything would be different than it won't. Yeah. It's figuring out doesn't go that much when it's captured by the statement self-knowledge avails you nothing yeah when the figuring out is claimed by the problem the knowledge is neutered so to speak yes yeah yeah, yeah. thanks paul cheers but, yeah just stay with us bro oh well buddy um, thanks yeah. for thanks for all that you do mate it's um some some very uh 
yeah just um gen genuine genuine stuff that comes through and i know that's kind of how you see it it comes through rather than it's obviously not paul it's just it's what happens and that's what i kind of i get that very really impression every time i come and watch what you do it's just a kind of a, a stream of stuff rather than anything specific to you so thanks for that yes yeah okay cheers tim have you got one have you got question um have you got time for one more question from ruby or do you want to get off you've got to go you've got to take a break Bye. okay ruby over to you got a question good to see you Thanks, love. Yeah. hi paul um the convinced part i just uh uh a blackout i i remember the blackout and i was like how does that how does that happen how i mean you're not there and you go out and you do these incredible things rent an airplane fly somewhere else stay somewhere for a few days come back and then you you come to i guess or wake up or whatever that is i mean that to me was the convincing and you've done business with people out on an airplane uh, renting a car going out carrying on coming back coming to what the fuck's that it's in just another aspect of self selfing oh my god but jesus i mean do you ever see the movie moon yes yes Where the guy he's working on a moon they found a a new uh metal that runs all the technology on earth and they have these huge yes. farms yes. and they only have yes. like one person running all these machines and he's a guy from boston and he has wears a boston red sox hat and he has pictures of his family and shit and stuff like that and then there's an incident on one of the one of the machines and he finds someone there the first time he saw ever saw anyone else and he's on this five-year plan and he only has a week or two left of work yeah and so he finds this thing he gets it back to the main site and it looks just like him yeah and then the thing tells him hey listen bro you're a clone yeah so now, and they, he brings them down this, down below where the, the guy's living and there's thousands of him there. <laughs> this is the, and they found that the machines work better if they have a purpose and a, a personality. So they just program all this shit about being a Red Sox fan and then <laughs> in 10 days, they're gonna stay there until the machinery <laughs> breaks down, they get replaced. Now, <laughs> This is completely complete evidence that it's a clone, but he hears it as the as the programming. He thinks it's Bill that's hearing it's he's a clone. Yeah. So the programming is still intact, even when he's when he's presented with all this evidence. It's the programming that claims to hear the evidence. Yes, this is what's happening. So I have a little thesis about blackouts. Yeah, which is something happens where the brain gets overwhelmed by too much intoxication and then a, a replacement shows up. Yeah? Jesus. And you're another self that's, and the girlfriend doesn't see anything different and you have 14 hours of commerce or whatever. And then the old familiar one kicks back in. And the only way to keep the story going that it's you, it can't have another you possible. Yeah. 
So it blacks out those 14 hours of the other selfing. Oh my God. Yeah, because if it, there's two of you, there's definitely none of you. Because the whole story is your long-lasting, independent, separate one unit. And so <laughs> to, to realize there's a lot of selfings <laughs> available. <laughs> would show you your no, there's no there is no self because oh I'm God. always wondering why when I when I when the old self comes in it's like jumping you know <laughs> parachuting behind enemy lines but no one's the wiser no I one's know. because there's another self being representing yeah yeah there's thousands of us at the Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> and actually I'm I did better with the other self running it than the one that's <laughs> used <running> it. <laughs> I probably had times when I was in a blackout than I did when this thing was running the show. Who knew? So but yeah, that's uh the selfing is a mental production. And if the brain gets too whacked out, it'll just re it'll produce uh it has a replacement available. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh. So that's why it's a very jealous god, so when it appears again, it cannot brook the possibility of any other gods, yeah? Wow. So it says, Oh, I don't remember for three days. And you got married, you bought this, you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Eh? But... That convinced me. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, the selfing is, uh, it just projects an idea of you, and then that you produces a smell of historical you-ness. But when push comes to shove, it will just project another you, yeah? And that you that was there in the blackout was you, had a historical story of being you for the 50 years or 40 years. It had the exact same story. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Never there, but it says it's always been there. Yeah. Exact same, exact same. It's just the programming. You whack, the, you whack it to submission, it, re, it just... You know, it jacks up again and produces another sense of self. <laughs> okay. I had better. I had better taste in blackouts. I went out with much nicer-looking people when I was blacked out than I do normally. Did normally. It was. The new selfie was an upgrade. <laughs> so yes, that's why. Don't take yourself so seriously. It could be replaced like that. <laughs> All right, thank you. I got to go going soon, I think. Oh, well, thank you. I got to go find myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come here, selfie. Come here.
No, I don't know how they explain it in science, but I think that's a pretty good explanation of a blackout. Yeah. I mean, how could you be doing all that you usually do because you think the only reason you can do it is because you're you, and then when that you stops, you could be easily replaced with another one. Yeah. I mean, where, where, where? We the the story of specialists is it's incredible. Oh my god! Oh jeez. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, anyone else? Uh, no, that's it. You're done. What an epic night. So do you want to, um, epic day, do you want to uh, say your goodbyes? Yes, of all, like always. Thanks, Dave. It's always a pleasure to see you. You too, mate. Great. Great being back. And uh, you're the one who came up with these ideas so, of doing these talks. So, uh, Thank you. Fantastic. Yes. We got Steve. Nice to see you, Steve. Hanging in. Good. Good. Staying. Tommy's got a different little color of background. Or it's just the lights different here. I don't know. We got Mike O. Nice to see you, Mike. We got Mike Z. He took off. We got Tim. Always a pleasure. Paul. He's got the Hawaiian shirts getting broken out. Yeah. Don't even try, Paul. Don't even try. Just, just telling you. Yeah. All right. Just it'll be it'll be it'll go better for you. We got Connor from Dublin. Nice to see you, Connor. Roman from Germany. Always a pleasure, Roman. One of my main benefactors. Very nice. Uh, we got Kristen. Always a pleasure to see Kristen over these months. We got Bev. Bev looks quite comfortable. Nice to see you, Bev. We got Fee or Fi. I, don't, I only see the top of something. I don't know what it is. We got Walter from the Netherlands. Yeah. We got Eric from Toronto, always. Helen, nice to see you, Helen. Yeah. Rob Farr, always. Got another haircut, Rob, a little, not that long ago. Yeah, he's styling. We got Owen. Owen, where's Owen? I just lost you. There he is. Owen K, nice to see you, Owen. Stefan, on having never left, a great pleasure to be in the same space as you. We got Michael Stacy, yes, the man of Madeira, yes. We got Rich A. Uh, Rich A has twins, I heard. Very nice, Rich. I mean, any Zoom will do, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to go on a Zoom, honey. Take care of the kids. <laughs> it's saving my life. <laughs> Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. Always a pleasure. Leah, Leah's on the move. Yes, she's always, where are you? It's like the frozen tundra for the whole year I've known you. She's always, unless she's selling like winter gear. Man, I like the hat and everything. We got Jesse from Ireland. She's wise, she's inside. Yeah, we got... Oh, I, I have been corrected. It's not Suzanne, it's Susan from The Cost of Miracles. Yes, it's Susan, but it says Suzanne, so. We got Malkin. Malkin has, a, has come back. Sorely missed. Sorely missed, but never under underappreciated. Yes. 
We got Oliva K from Berlin. Nice to see you, Oliva. We got Linda's iPad. We got some numbers there. We got uh, Maggie. Always a pleasure to have her here. Anne, as always. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, let's. Uh... Oh. There we go. Oh, yeah, I think I got That's everything. Open. What? Chat is open for anyone who wants to hang about after the meeting as well. Thanks, guys. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh... Yeah, it's good. Thank you so much. Yes. The hose and water. The hose is very appreciative because uh, these these zooms bring the water out. Yes. It's always yes. good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. No worries, man. See you soon.